Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba as we continue your season team previews one by one to get through all 30 baseball teams to get you ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. We go to the NL Central today to a fun team that every year looks like they're going to try to contend and they make a trade that makes you shake your head, but then they still contend. And it's it's just a fun, fun dynamic. Maybe it's because it's a central. I don't know. But we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers, a place that I love. I love the Wisconsin area. And in order to help me um, to break this team down, which does have some definite fantasy relevance, especially on the mound, as most people know, you can find this gentleman on Twitter at Pile of Dial. He's a part of the In the Cut Fantasy podcast that is pumping out content left and right as one of the newest fantasy baseball, basketball shows on the interwebs. Mr. John Fish, how are we doing, my friend? Good, Bubba. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I'm uh, excited to talk about my brewers a little bit. Uh, they have disappointed me lately, but uh, let's see if I can have some nice things to say about them tonight. I bet you will. I bet you will. Before we get into that, why don't you, like I, I mentioned, uh, you guys got the In the Cut Fantasy Show. Let, them, let the listeners know what you guys got going on because you guys are pumping out the content these days. Yeah, we're just finishing up our position breakdowns and, you know, like we're kind of talking off air, I'm looking forward to kind of wrapping that up. You know, once you do one position, you have to do them all. And then we got to the outfield and we're like, wow, there's like so many outfielders. So that was two shows. And then uh, starting pitching, we did our first episode and then we got two more um, episodes still for the starting pitching. And then that's wrapped up and then we'll dive into some other things, have some guests on. And um, yeah, we haven't really talked about exactly what we're going to do, but um there should be some good things coming, so I'm looking forward to that. I have no doubt in my mind because I've talked to you and heard you on other shows. You definitely know what you're doing when it comes to the fantasy world, and your and your buddy Mr. Venancio is very very sharp as well. So I I, I can see it being a lot of fun, high quality content across uh, for your, your listening pleasures. All right, let's talk Brew Crew. This is a fun one here, and we'll start off with the leadoff batter in Milwaukee. You know, there's one Christian. Yelich, who over the last two weeks, over the last nine draft champions drafts, has a wonderful ADP of 124. So it's actually kind of creeping up a little from what it was a few weeks back. Still not, you know, what recent years are. But um, I think I, I know I've talked about it in other shows. You probably have as well. Um, you'll if you did two outfield previews, you might not have got to him. Maybe you did. But um, we kind of know who he is now. Felt like last year's 14 and 19 was what you're expecting, kind of. So what's your thoughts on Yelich going into 2023? 
Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's a little bit tricky. He, like you said, he's kind of, you just kind of have to realize he is kind of what he is now. Um, I do think that there is another level, though. I mean, if you look at like kind of what he did last year, he's 98th percentile on max exit below, so he's still hitting the ball hard. Uh, he's walking a ton, which is is good for you know hitting lead off. He should score a lot of runs. Um, you know, he had a uh, 94th percentile on walk percent, so he's really drawing walks well. Um, it's the, it's kind of the power and, you know, kind of the injury issues like the, the back, you know, it didn't seem like the back really flared up at all last year. So that, that was kind of good to see, but obviously that can, you know, that can kind of happen at any moment. So, um, you know, the main issue with him is he's hitting the ball on the ground again, too much. He's kind of reverting back to his old ways, but, uh, you know, if he can get 15 plus home runs, 15 plus stolen bases, and, you know, if he continues to walk at the rate he is, he should be able to score a lot of runs and he's not going to kill you in batting average. It's not going to be super elite, I don't think anymore, but um, I don't think he's going to kill you. So um, I think he's worth the pick where he's going just for the fact is if he can change that launch angle a little bit and get the ball in the air a little bit more, the he's still hitting the ball hard enough to, you know, spike a 25 home run season. So um I already have a couple shares, and um, yeah, I, I like where he's going. I'm 100 on board with you on on Yelich. Uh, I used to not like his his price back in the day. That's what kind of scared me off. But where he's going now, I'll take the risk with his back, which they seem to kind of be. I don't know if managing better is the right word, but it seems like they've kind of got it in check the best they can. And backs, you know, always can flare up. There's no doubt about it. But if you tell me a guy is going to probably have a 15-15 floor with all those runs scored with the upside, which is kind of what I'm I'm agreeing with you on. I don't mind it at that EP at all, especially when outfield starts, you know, there's like cliffs to the outfield and it starts. So it's, it's definitely a nice spot to grab him around 120, 125 and get that kind of safety net uh, with, with Christian Yelich. Let's go to the shortstop position now. And we have Willie Adamas ADP around 95 the last couple of weeks, 31 bombs last year, eight stolen bases, both career highs. Um, hit 238 so the average was a career low that was kind of a thing but so was the babbit that was crazy with what he did we've seen the power go up every year since he's gone on the bigs outside of obviously the 2020 season um the kid's good and i say kid because he's gonna be 27 years old this year he's still super young so what's your thoughts on willie adamas because i've been a fan for a long time and to see him hit 31 home runs was pretty pretty sweet yeah i'm a big fan of willie um he is probably the best hitter of the team now i would say um i really like where he's hitting in the lineup uh you know we saw the power the the counting stats are there at 98 rbis 83 runs uh and he did chip in some speed so that was always nice to see uh, one thing i'm kind of curious to see is can he with the new rules can he go from eight stolen bases to like 12 13 stolen bases i think it's i think it's possible um he still strikes out a little bit too much but you know Obviously, you're not going to get everything perfect. And um, he's kind of another bat that I, I like where he's going and for the Brewers lineup. As much as I don't really like the Brewers offense as a whole, um, I do like a lot of the individual players. Um, well, not a lot. I shouldn't say a lot, but a, a few of the individual players. Um, but, yeah, it's, the strikeout rate's kind of a little bit concerning, 26.9% last year. But as actually an improvement from, from 2021. So, um, yeah, I, li- I like Willie at his price. Yeah, I've been looking for him. Like I always, I keep saying, like shortstop. It's a deep position, but it feels like the quality of depth is different than years past. Like there's still guys, but in years past, it felt like there's like 15, 16 dudes. Like I'll, I'll got no problem with any of them. Let's like bring them on. And now it's kind of like where Willie and Jeremy Pena go. It's kind of like a, a cliff 
to another level, which is still a very good level, but it's it just feels different. So I'm trying to leave with Adamas or Pena in most of my drafts at worst if I can. If I don't, I can make it work. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big team Adamas guy for sure. Another guy I love, and maybe it's because of his just great physique. I don't know, but um, one rowdy rowdy Telez. I've always been a fan just because. I always joke and it's like some diehard fantasy players just kind of get annoyed with it. But I'm like, in the end, baseball's supposed to be fun. That's what this is. And if anybody has fun playing baseball, Rowdy's one of them. Like the dude just smiles and has a good time. And he finally got to really, really play last year. He played 153 games, hit 35 bombs, kind of showcased what he can do. We saw the, the walk rate over 10% for the first time. Batting average plummeted to 219. But I know Venancio's not one, but if you're an X stats believer, um, he had gigantic gaps in the X stats. Like, I'm not saying he should have got those numbers, but maybe better than what he had. So what's your thoughts on Telez? Because the one other caveat I will mention is in years past, there always seemed to be a platoon guy on the bench, like designated to play first base. I guess you could say Keston here is there. I guess William Contreras could play there. But for now, it looks like it's Rowdy's job. So how, how do we look at him this year at ADP, like 162? Yeah, he's one of my biggest targets in the draft, um, yeah, in the entire draft, not just the Brewers. Uh, so it's kind of funny. Uh, Ryan and I were going over our first base episode, and we're kind of going down the players, and um, we kind of got down to uh, to Rowdy, and neither one of us were, like, super in on him. But by the end of the episode, just talking it through and, like, mm-hmm. going over everything, we both were kind of had some interest in him. And uh, I have – missed them i think one draft since that uh since that episode <laughs> but the one thing i couldn't believe so yeah we, we see the batting average it was poor um what a 20.2 percent k rate like you would yeah. think with a poor average like that there would be a lot of strikeouts and there just really isn't i mean 20.2 percent is fantastic especially for a slugger um what we saw is terrible babbit now he hits a lot of fly balls so you can't expect the babbit to be very good but um 215 is like absurdly low so uh yeah this is um he fits like my exact strategy that i like to do in in drafts as well where i go with my i get my stolen base early i get my aces um i land a closer um in my power this is where i hammer power in the middle rounds and he's like the perfect target he's right in his prime hitters park uh good spot in the lineup now he does struggle against lefties a little bit but you know it is what it is, right? Like a lot of lefties struggle against lefties. So it's not like he's the only one. So um, yeah, the, the massive power upside uh, should be able to drive in a lot of runs hitting in that lineup. Yeah, I love it. The um, Like you mentioned, the Babbitt's absurdly low, especially for a dude that hits the ball as hard as he does. Like that's just one of those unlucky seasons. That's why I said a few. I, I don't love X stats, but I like when I see the big gaps in guys, and he had just like 40 points in batting average. Just cut that in half, and he hits 235 or something, and we're like over the moon for a guy for all those stats he brings. And you mentioned the – like I, I joked about the platoons, and you talked about it. He still played 153 games, so they even let him roll last year. Like they weren't like just does it felt like the years before that between Toronto and Milwaukee was almost like a guaranteed the lefties on the mound, Rowdy's not playing. Now they've kind of gotten over that, it feels like, which is big, like you said. So it's an interesting um philosophy because I do for those that sleep live under a rock somewhere, Mr. Fish was mentioning his strategy, aces and bases. This is where our bases and aces, maybe I backed it up, I don't remember. But um it's a t-shirt that Rotoware still has not made yet, just throwing it out there. And um <laughs> it needs to happen, but it it does make a lot of sense because I always talk about how like power has been a weakness of mine on my bad teams in recent years. 
So I've tried to make a focus to like pay attention to it more. And I walk away with like a Pete Alonzo or I go and get some guys early. But if I didn't, circling a guy like Rowdy is probably a pretty good call. I like that a lot because there's no reason if he plays 150 plus games, he's not hitting 30 to 40 home runs again. There's like zero reason why that does not happen. So yeah, he hits the ball super hard and, um, you know, fly balls like that's hitting the ball hard and fly balls as it leads the home runs. So I love it. Love it. All all aboard the Rowdy train. All right. A guy that I love a lot and you can totally damp like rain on my parade if you think I'm crazy, but is William Contreras, one of the newest members of the Milwaukee Brewers. ADP of around 120, came over in the trade with the Braves, played a 97 games last year at 20 home runs. He's going to be the dude now catching. He's always actually hit for a pretty decent average, too, for a catcher, which is good to see. But what I love is just the quality of contact metrics, the barrel rates, the hard hit rates. Just like every year he's had a chance, has crushed it. And last year in his biggest sample, continued to crush it. Um, what's your thoughts on William Contreras now going to Milwaukee where he should – in theory, probably play at least 130 games instead of 97, maybe even more than 130. So I, I'm a big fan, but I'm also probably overstating it. So what, what are you hearing or thinking from Milwaukee? Uh, yeah, I, I like Contreras a lot. Um, I, I didn't like him what, before until he got traded, essentially. Not just because he got traded in my Brewers, but I was really worried about the, the playing time with Atlanta. But I have no concerns about the playing time with yeah. Milwaukee because Milwaukee's We've had we haven't had a good catcher since Jonathan Lucroy, a good hitting catcher, anyways. I mean, Omar Navarez was just okay, but obviously, um, you get William Contreras, you, you, you traded for him, so um, he's going to be the catcher. He's going to play a lot. Um, there's some things I like about him. There's some things I don't like. One thing that I definitely like is he does walk uh, at a pretty good rate, so 10.4 percent last year, and we saw, you know, we see the power. He's got, uh, you know. 97th percentile max exit velocity. So that's, you know, he can hit the ball hard. He barrels it. Um, it should play very well in that park. Um, some things that are just a little bit concerning for me uh, with him is he does hit uh, a lot of ground balls, 53% ground ball rate last year. Um, and he had a really high BABIP. So I don't think we can fully expect, um, you know, that batting average again that he had last year. But I think he's still going to be a really good hitting catcher, which you know, where he's going, you're kind of getting to the end of that, um, you know, kind of the end of a tier essentially. And then catching, it's kind of, you know, if it gets pretty bad, pretty ugly after that. So um, I do like where he's going. Uh, but I, you know, again, I have a little bit concerns with the, the K rate, the ground ball percentage and, and the, uh, the high Babbitt, but more playing time is always, uh, always a good thing. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with William Jarrett's. Yeah, you nailed it. The, the playing times what got me too, because like I think I had Contreras like as an, my eleventh or twelfth catcher, just because of what he can still do playing a close to hundred games in Atlanta, give or take. But once he got to that, like I'm thinking one thirty for sure. I wouldn't be shocked because he'll get some DH run. Like they want they like you said, they traded for that bat. They want him in the lineup. And you look at the rest after after like your Adamas and your Telez, like he's pretty much necessary to start bringing in runs in the middle of that order. So they're going to keep that bat in the lineup. He might get some DH run out there. If he gets, he might get 145 games by the time all things are said and done. And that's just tremendous at a catcher's position that last year, outside of a handful of guys, most guys played like 110, like 90 to 110 games. Like there wasn't a ton of like deep, deep, as, as like the running back position in football now. It was just a lot of platooning going on. So the fact he gets that bump, I think it's going to be tremendous. We'll see how it pans out. But uh, definitely a huge William Contreras fan. Now things get interesting in Milwaukee. Like, we're going to have guys that are going to be fantasy relevant from time to time. The question I have for fish with these guys is how often. So this is going to be fun. Uh, we'll start with Jesse Winker coming to back to the NL central in his trade 
from Seattle. His ADP over the last few weeks, 270. Um, we, it's been well-documented, 14 home runs, hit 219. Uh, still walked a ton, though, in Seattle. And the one thing I noticed, cause I was actually writing something about him recently, after like it felt like he was hurt, and there's all kinds of drama all last year, which there was, but he played in 136 games, which was the most in his career last season. That stood out to me a little bit. Uh, if I if there's any like optimism from Jesse Winker, that stood out. But what's your thoughts with Winker and the Brew Crew? Yeah, you know, finally he stays healthy, and of course he is having a poor season. So yeah. you know, you don't ever want somebody to get hurt. But last year it'd have been like, yeah, you know, if you could have got hurt, that'd have been all right because I could have got you out of my lineup. But yeah, um, yeah, I was a huge fan of Winker last year. I think I had like 20 shares of Winker, and then he got traded. And he was completely off my board once he got traded. I just love the fact that he was hitting in Cincinnati, going to Seattle, completely different story, new league, all that. Um, so I was off after, but it's, you know, the damage is already done essentially. So this year uh, I'm happy that he's back in the NL central and he's in a nice hitter hitters park. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what to think. Um, yeah. The brewers have, just a lot of a lot of outfielders. It's kind of a little bit of a log jam. They got you know some guys coming up that we'll I'll talk about a little bit. Um, the DH is open. Uh, can he regain what he had in 2021 with, with Cincinnati? I think so because he's he's 29 years old. So I think he can. Like you said, he's still drawing walks at a good clip. Um, you know, we, we did see some of the you know the the max exit velo and the hard hit percent and some of those things kind of disappear last year, but there's no I in team, but there is one in indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place. So easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I think I, I'm okay taking a shot at him, but he's not definitely not like a huge target for me or anything like that. Yeah, we're kind of in the same boat there. It's like at his price, I'm willing to kind of take a mulligan last year. Like, because there seemed like there's a lot of drama too going on, like a lot of weird stuff going on last year with him. Because when I looked, I, I mentioned the, he played 136 games, but then you mentioned the barrels, the hard hit, all just dropped, like off the like over half of what he's used to. It was just drops. Yeah. And so it's like, what the hell happened? Like, was he really hurt? And we didn't really know he was hurt. We know he kind of was playing in and out of injuries, so maybe there's something there. I don't know. So um, yeah, I'm kind of willing to give a grain of salt, but I'm with you. Also, it's not like a focus of mine in a draft. It kind of depends on how it falls and if it's like you know. I could take the chance or whatnot. Sure. But yeah, like when he was in Cincinnati, there was, it was all aboard the Winker train. And now it's a little, little different. So there was a, there was a video that went around. Um, I don't, I don't know when exactly in the season was. I feel like it was like one month into the season of just, it said like something like 
Winker's not hitting in Cincinnati anymore, and it was just a whole bunch of flyouts to the fence. Yeah, and you know, That'll obviously, change. yeah, and then you know, you just don't know like how that affects a hitter mentally. Like those are home runs the year before, especially with uh, offense being down to start the year last year. So I think just things kind of spiraled from there. So I'm hoping the the change of the scenery back to a, a, a division he's familiar with. I'm hoping that can uh, kickstart him a little bit. And honestly, I don't mind this trade for the Brewers. Like. Uh, I know a lot of people like Colton Long and stuff like that. It's I did too. Like he was fine, but um, you know we got again we got guys coming up like Bryce Terang. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Like he's like ready to go. So it's like let's see if we can get a bounce back from Winker and you know open up a spot for for Terang to take over at second. Yeah, it's a great point because it'll be a, a, a much better ballpark for Winker to hit in. And what we've kind of already hinted on talking about the top of the lineup here. They need a bat like Winker to hopefully show up and find 15 to 20 home runs. Like Colton Wong's a good defender, but he's not going to be that 15 to 20 home run. Like Winker, we know if he plays 130 plus games, you wouldn't be shocked if he had 25 plus home runs. Like the dude's got that skill in that bat. Wong was never doing that. And you mentioned guys behind him. So that's like, it's a baseball trade through and through that might have a nice fantasy impact for us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk Luis Urias. This is a guy um, going at an ADP of 234-ish, second base, third base, shortstop eligible, which is always very, very nice. Um, only two years two years removed from 150 games played in 23 home runs, hit 16 home runs last year. A lot of people are just in love with Luis Urias. Other guys kind of can't get grips on him. I think the multi-position fact is great, and it looks like he's going to be the starting third baseman. So what do you got on Luis Urias? Oh, this one's tough. Um, he's only 25, so... You can't write him off or anything like that, but he really struggled last year. Uh, so I don't. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do because, like I mentioned, Bryce Terang is coming up. He's he's. They say he's ready to go for second, and then they sign Brian Anderson. And Brian Anderson, I don't know. Like they're both like they're both right-handed hitters. Like I'm not sure if Brian Anderson is going to be the utility or if Luis Urias is going to be the utility. Like. I, I, I'm I'm nervous about the playing time. If he's if let's say Urias gets the starting nod right away, um, and he struggles out of the gate, I could see him moving to the bench like really easily. I think the leash is kind of short. Um, but again, he's only 25, so you, you can't write off a guy that's it's only 25 because a lot of people like this guy going into last year, you know. And um, yeah, it, he's a tough one for me. Uh, I don't have any shares. He's not necessarily a target for me. But yeah, I guess I really don't. I really don't know. <laughs> uh, I feel you. That's why it's one of those tough ones. It's like sometimes in DCs, you know, when you get later, you're starting trying to like waiver between guys. That eligibility plays a factor in DCs a little more than others. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's the right thing to do, but mm-hmm. it stands out for sure. But yeah, I haven't really made a point to go get him. Where last year I was much more interested in him because of what we saw in 2021, and he is still young though, so. Nothing. It wouldn't surprise me if he starts, you know, figuring it out again, hitting like 240 with 25 jacks. You never know, but he's a tricky one, a tricky one for sure. You mentioned Bryce Trang a few times. We'll jump to him real quick here. Um, it's a guy I've actually drafted a lot late in, in, in drafting holds, like really late, because I think he's starting out the gate, if not real soon. So what's your thoughts on him? We've seen, a, we saw the power increase in the minors last year with that speed. My God, like he just ran wild. So what are we thinking for 2023 with the brew crew? Yeah, I'm not a, a huge prospect guy, so I don't really know a ton about um, you know them. But uh, yeah, he had you know 13 home runs. He had a 360 OBP last year at AAA. Um, th- 34 out of 36 on the on the bases. 
So to me, it seems like there's really a lot to like with him. And just from what you're, what, what I'm kind of hearing, you know, what everybody's saying is that he's essentially ready to go. And that's why, you know, they were able to, you know, trade a guy like Colton Wong, who's, you know, kind of, he's not washed up, but he's, you know, I don't know how old he is, 32, 33, something like that. So, um, you know, that's why they, they needed to open up a spot for him. But uh, a couple things that I really like about Bryce Terang is, in the minors, uh, it's a couple things that I always look at, the K percent and the walk percent, 19.6% uh, K uh, and 10.8 uh, walk percent. So um, he's really good at uh, bat the ball and, and getting on base. So that's uh, that's what this team needs. And, um, yeah, I think he's, it sounds like he's ready to go. So, uh, I'm ready to see it. Yeah, ADP of 427, which is real, real nice. Um, and they, you know, they're projected to hit ninth on rest of resource, not the end all be all, but that's a heck of a turnaround spot. If you can get on base before Yelich and Adamas and, and Rowdy and stuff, like that could be a ton of runs and a lot of times to run. So could be a fun little season in there if he doesn't get that shot. Uh, when you go to the outfield, there's like there's Tyron Taylor who's had his moments every year, and then other moments you're kind of like, where'd Tyron Taylor go? But uh, and then there's Garrett Mitchell. I think that's a guy you're kind of hinting at earlier. I keep looking at his projections, man. When I'm late in drafts, I'm like, that looks so good. Like, is he actually going to be the dude, or what's going on? So, how do you look at these kind of other outfield spots there in Milwaukee? Yeah, there's. Uh, so this is kind of what I was alluding to with the log jam. So we got Tyron Taylor who. Um, you know, he didn't really break out much uh, last year. Obviously, we know he's got some good power, but, um, I, you know, I, I don't know what to think about him. I think he's going to be like the kind of the first man out. Um, so I don't I don't I don't know. I don't see much happening with him uh, this year. He might he might again, he might get like the starting nod. But after that, I think it's going to be kind of uh, I think there's some other guys and I'll, I'll mention a couple of those guys in a second here. But. Uh, yeah, when it comes to uh, Garrett Mitchell, so Garrett Mitchell, um, was their first round pick, you know, a few years back out of UCLA, and he's uh, he had some big hits for him last year, he stole some bases. Uh, the surface stats look pretty good 311, um, you know, two home runs, eight steals. But uh, one thing that a lot of people maybe aren't talking about much is his K percent. I saw that, my god. He strikes out a ton. Uh, it almost reminds me a little bit of Keston Hira. Um, it's kind of like fool's gold when he came up. Um, 41.2% K rate last wow. year and at 548 Babbitt. Uh, so uh, Garrett Mitchell's not a target for me. Um, I don't have any shares. I, I know some people are um, are on him, but um, yeah. I mean, AAA is obviously, you know, this is only – 61 ABs and it's his first major league action. So you don't want to take, you know, too much out of it, I guess. I mean, it's, it's way too soon to write him off. He did only have a 21.2% K rate in triple A before he came up, but in, um, I guess in double A, he did strike out quite a bit too, 27.8, but yeah, I, um, I think Garrett Mitchell is probably gonna get the first crack and, you know, we'll see how he does. Uh, he, he'll probably have a decent leash just because, you know, he, he is their first round pick. And again, he had some big hits for him last year. So it's, um, it, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing how he can adjust to the major league pitching. Um, Cause that's a, you know, that's a huge, huge K rate. So um, yeah, we'll see with, we'll see how it goes with him. But uh, one guy, and again, this is um, 
this is a Ryan Venancio special. Uh, this, <laughs> again, I don't know a ton about the prospects. So Ryan and I first start talking about our podcast and um, he starts talking about Sal Frelick. And I'm like, who? Oh <laughs> like, who's that? You know? And he's like, he's going to be their starting center fielder. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be the starting center fielder right away, but he definitely could be. But um, Sal Frelick was terrific last year across three levels. 11.3% uh, K rate, a 9.3% walk rate, 11 home runs, 24 steals, and a 404 OBP. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of player that I'm looking for. Again, I like the, I like to see a low K rate in the minors because the pitching only gets better, obviously, in, in the majors. So if you're already striking out at a huge clip in the minors, it's going to get – it could get real ugly in the majors. Um, so, yeah, so Sal Frelick is – Ryan's got me um, – he's got me drafted him i don't i, I mean obviously if it doesn't work out ryan's not gonna hear the end of it but um yeah that's uh that's that's one guy for sure and then there's another guy uh joey weimer yes uh, his numbers across double a AA and triple a last year were insane uh he did have a 27.1 uh percent k rate so that's a little concerning but 21 home runs and 32 steals and he only got caught three times on the base so 32 out of 35 and Joey Weimer, I think he's six five. So yeah, he's, he's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, so I saw him like, in the flesh at AFL two years ago. He's a he's a glorious man. This the flow he has is is electric. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like that's a uh, like that's what this is what I'm saying. Like there's just such a log jam. I don't think there's going to be a long leash really for anybody. I think they're going to kind of ride the hot hand and just and kind of go from there. There's um, you know they traded Hunter Renfro, which I was not happy about because. I mean, they just they need that slugger in the middle of the lineup because the offense just isn't isn't good enough to uh, manufacture a bunch of runs. I don't think, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how this outfield situation works out and and the DH. Yeah, I'm with you because um, Mitchell, like I'm, I'm with you. He'll get his shot. Then you have Frelick because ADP is like 460, and I've seen nothing but good things about him. Like you're saying, like there's a lot of very positive chatter. But with Joey, like I'm not kidding. We saw him two years ago that he like. Hits a triple off the right field wall, throws dudes out there, like gets hit, steals a bag. He was just an electric factory. No matter what he did, it was just insane. And then uh, he had a great minor league season last year, just watching him. Because all of a sudden, I got an interest in him. Like, this guy's freaking great. I want to check this out. And then I'm like, oh man, they got Mitchell and Frelick blocking him. This is, it's either going to be great because they'll have all three in the outfield at one point in time and they'll be all young, affordable outfielders, or it's just like you said, it'll be a long log jam of like, oh, okay, who's going to be the dude this week? But yeah. um, Joey's going after pick 700 right now. Like, if you just want to take a late, late flyer on a dude that got a lot of power and speed, not you just don't know how much he'll play. Right. It's a very good position for the Brewers to be in, annoying for fantasy purposes, but great for the Brewers to have that kind of talent sitting there after all these trades that have been made and whatnot. So big fan of that. One last guy I'll ask you about, because I think I have to ask you about it, and you can just tell me to F off if you feel like it. <laughs> Keston Hira. Uh, yeah, I mean, Keston Hira, again, he's another guy. He had, like, some math. He had some huge hits last year, yes. like, you know, some game-winning home runs. And um, I do think Keston Hira is going to be a platoon guy, uh, I think. I, I think. I really don't know. If I remember correctly, I think he was actually decent against righties and not as good against lefties. Like, not like you would think um, that a platoon would work, but – um, you know, the Brewers are one of 
a couple years ago were like one of the worst hitting teams against lefties. And that's why they, you know, addressed that by getting McCutcheon last year. Well, McCutcheon's gone, you know, and now you're looking at a lineup with still, you know, a bunch of lefties, Yelich and, and Rowdy and Winker, Mitchell, Terang's a lefty. So it's like, I don't know how much better they're going to be against lefties this year. Like they could struggle against lefties again, but um, yeah, I think Castanera is a good guy to have off the bench. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of, I don't have anything real bad to say about him. Obviously he hasn't yeah. worked out like we, like we wanted to, but um, you know, what are you going to do? They're not all yeah, going to, they're not all going to hit. Yeah. Tough for fancy. Like I'd love him to break out again. Cause it was fun when he first got it going, but it's going to be tricky. I think to make it happen. Let's go to the bump. Let's talk some starting pitching with the Brewers always have, always have some. We'll start with Corbin Burns, second pitcher off the board, ADP of 14. Obviously it's like it's Otani, the unicorn, and then it's Burns and Cole right now. I don't have a lot to say about Burns. Like the dude's amazing. Pick your poison. I have Cole ahead of Burns. I will not argue with anybody that has Burns. I won't argue it. Like they're like one A, one B. Pick your poison. Um, what's your thoughts on Corbin Burns? Yeah, he's a stud. He's he's my SP one, um, sub one whip two years in a row. Obviously, tons of strikeouts. Two hundred thirty four in twenty twenty one and two hundred forty three last year. I don't have one bad thing to say about him. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, he's got like, four elite pitches. Yeah. I, he's like, yeah, that's uh, he, he's my he's my uh, SP one. Yeah, he's a G. There's nothing really to uh, to worry about with Mister Burns. But now we go to Woodruff, tenth pitcher off the board, ADP at thirty six. I ADP keeps climbing. I'm getting pretty pissed off about it to be honest, because I was loving that. Like I could get the Burns Nola like combo, and it was like the best thing since sliced bread. And now that ain't happening because they're both getting bumped up now. Uh, I love yeah. Woody. Absolutely love him. Like, it was a scare last year where he couldn't even feel his fingers. Got mm-hmm. that fixed. Then he came back and he pitched like the Cy Young guy. He was like early close to, like, just absolutely ridiculous numbers mm-hmm. after that injury. I ain't worried about him. I've always been Team Woody. I feel like he's just so boring compared to Burns. <laughs> it's just like no one realizes how good he is. So, again, another guy I don't have a ton to say, but I, I have him ranked in my top five starting pitchers. I think he's that good. What's your thoughts on uh, Brennan Woodruff? Yeah, I like everything about Woodruff except for one one concern. Now I've already taken Brandon Woodruff a few times, so it's, it, I'm not off of him. But when when you're drafting players in the first couple rounds, you kind of have to look at everything, right? So um, you have to nitpick a little bit. And my only issue is his career high in innings is seven 179 and a third, um, and his second highest was last year at 153 third highest was 121 and two thirds in 2019. Now he didn't get hurt at all in the short season. So the short season plus 2021 relatively healthy. So, but again, we have to nitpick here. So uh, personally I'm taking Nola over Woodruff um, just because we have, it's, you know, it's a brewer's pod. So uh, I don't want to talk too much about Nola, no, but Nola's talk got about four. Nola. Nola, go preach. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Nola's got four seasons, I think over 200 yeah. strikeouts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just feel like he's safer in innings. Um, they're both going to have elite uh, ratios, I think, but I, uh, Nola's walk rate is just, it's just insane. So um, I lean slightly towards Nola, but yeah, like I said, I already have plenty of shares of Woodruff and, uh, he's totally fine where he's going. Uh, I just have slight concern about the the innings. I just I want to see it. I, I, I'm a big fan of wanting to see like a little bit of a track record. I want to see a couple years of 180 plus innings, and you know we just don't have that with with Woodruff. 
I'm glad you mentioned all that because that is so true how he has a nitpick, and I'm with you. Like Nola and Woody are right next to each other, and if you just want the guy you've seen do it, that's what Nola's done. And he gets with elite ratios and innings and strike. Like he just does it all. Yeah, like all these people just like remember those bad starts where it's like one bad inning. They get frustrated with Nola. But if you look at the the, the end stat line every year, it's like an elite pitcher that pitches a ton mm-hmm. of innings. So I'm 100 with you on that. Both just great options. If you wait yeah. just a little bit longer to get your starting pitching on draft day. Yeah. Now it gets fun. Now it gets fun in the starting rotation. Eric Lauer, um, ADP of 278 over the last two weeks. This is a guy that we've seen get, um, you know, 11 wins last year. Might have shocked some 158 innings. Strikeouts, you know, we saw some velocity changes at times. He seems like he's kind of keeps reinventing himself uh, throughout this portion. He's only 28, which shocked me. For some reason, I thought he was like an old, old soul out there. Um, but what's your thoughts on Eric Lauer? Because he's a guy on draft day. I just can't I, – I just don't know what to do with him. Yeah, he's an interesting one. He started off the season absolutely on fire. Um, mm-hmm. He was insane. Tons of strikeouts, which we haven't – I don't think ever seen from him. He had 13 strikeout game, followed that up with an 11 strikeout game. Absolutely on fire. Um, hit a bump in the road, middle of the season – but then he closed his last two starts with 11 innings and no runs and 16 strikeouts. So uh, if you look at the big picture, right, that's what we kind of have to look at here. Um, 3.3 walks per nine. That's not good. Uh, he gives up a lot of home runs, 1.5 home runs per nine. And the Babbitt was pretty low at 271. Swinging strikes, not great. So, you know, eh. Is he a fine starter in a, in a major league rotation? Sure. Yeah, and I got no problem with that. But am I actually targeting him for my fantasy rotation? I'm not. Um, just I, walks and home runs in that, in a, you know, a hitter's park is it's really tough for me to, to get on board with that. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's a tough one for me. I have not – I don't think I clicked his, his name once. Um was electric at times, but it was very, very tough on me to wrap my head around. A guy I loved going into last year, and then he had his injuries, Freddie Peralta. And this is another guy that's tough for me. His ADP is 140, which we know talent-wise, that's a gift. If we knew he was throwing 150-plus innings, that would be an amazing ADP, and he wouldn't have that ADP, of course. Um, last year, he finished with 78 innings pitched, came back in August, and they kind of slow-played him. He got, I think, I saw 39 innings in his 10, 10 appearances, nine starts, one bullpen. Strikeouts were down last year. What's your thoughts on Freddie Peralta? Because I haven't really heard a ton about his injury, his rehab, like how he's doing coming into the season, but just not seeing the innings again last year. After he had 144 in 2021, which was great to see, but still so young. I don't know. I, I don't have a feeling on what they're going to do with him. Yeah, he was my third round pick in my Las Vegas main event. And obviously, it did not go well. Uh, nine runs allowed in the first two starts uh, over seven innings. And then obviously he missed a huge chunk of time. But if you look at the end of season stats again, um, you know, it, it, he did have a low bat of 264 Babbitt, which is, you know, obviously pretty low, but his left on base percent was only 68.9. So, you know, it kind of got a little bit unlucky there, but the swinging strike was still there at 12.3%. The case per nine, 9.9. So that was still there. Um, and believe it or not, his FIP last year was actually better than his breakout year of 2021. So where does that leave us? Um, it's just kind of, you mentioned it, like it's all going to come down to the innings and 
how many can he throw? And I, I'm on board because I like the price. I think I got a couple shares already. But, uh, you know, he's not a huge target for me just because, you know, you, a guy like that, you just don't want to be overexposed to. Um, but, yeah, I think the price is right right now. So I definitely have a couple shares. Okay, good to know. Good to know because, yeah, talent's legit. So I'm just curious on where he's going with that one. Now this is kind of, I don't know if ironic's the right word, but wasn't planned to uh, have the podcast tonight after the Aaron Ashby news dropped earlier today on Wednesday, February 8th. Um, this was the kind of guy that everyone was taking as their kind of popular late around sleeper. His ADP's around 250. That's going to start dropping. Um, but news came out today that he's dealing with shoulder fatigue. He will not be ready for spring training, and they're going to slow play it. Now, before I give you your chance to talk on this my thoughts are twofold this is a great way to limit innings like they probably wanted to with Aaron Ashby and I'm not comparing Aaron Ashby to Zach Wheeler but this is the same thing happened to Zach Wheeler last year he got like a what two to three start slow start and then looked just fine again not saying they're the same pitcher but I'm not like some people I saw just full panic mode out the gate and I'm like let's just like slow down for a second and see where it goes I know Ashby was hurt last year but let's just see okay now, Mr. Brewer, what do you got on Iron Ashby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the shoulder issue obviously um, has me essentially off him just because we don't know how, you know, severe the issue is. It just came out in the news. So, um, as you know, if I was drafting today, I probably would not be taking him. Um, but let's say the shoulder issue wasn't, you know, that wasn't an issue. We didn't know about it. Um, there's a lot to like with Ashby. There's a lot to to not like it's it's a really interesting player um 10.6 k per nine awesome 3.9 walk per nine terrible 340 babbitt last year okay he obviously it was pretty unlucky 68.9 percent left on base last year so he got lucky there it's like uh swinging strikes there the uh, tons of ground balls so there's a lot to like uh you could see the upside for sure um I didn't have any shares yet just because, you know, I, I just – I don't like to draft pitchers that walk a lot of guys. Like, that's just – that's what it comes down to. They don't go deep into games, which means you're getting less wins. Obviously, your whip is being affected if you're if you're walking a lot of guys. And then um, the, the heavy grown ball pitchers really make me nervous this year. Um, maybe it's not going to be as big of a deal as I think, but, you know, just the, the new shift issues uh, – I don't. I just. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to think. What I guess. What are your thoughts about like the heavy ground ball pitchers? It's tricky. I'm with you because like uh, you'd think like a Fran Valdez would get dinged pretty heavy for it, but then they've shown some stats where even when he was shifting, maybe he's a lefty and you don't see the shift as heavy on the right-handed bats. But so maybe he's a, a, a fluke in this narrative. But I just feel like these teams are smart enough to kind of still maneuver it properly. Because, like, you can have the second base or the shortstop basically at second base, just can't be past it type thing. Um, so you can kind of move things around. That The second that like, I think he starts to wind up or moves, you can then you can start shifting. I don't know. I'm curious to see how it works. That's probably not the best way to, to stop, you know, to play baseball. But I don't think they're just going to walk away from it all either. So I'm not – yes, there will be benefits to it for the hitters. No doubt about that. I'm not doubting that at all. I just I don't know how severe to make it for the pitchers, if that makes any sense at all. So it's 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 a tricky one for me for sure. Yeah, you make a good point with the left handers because you know, obviously the left handed hitters off of righties with the shift is, you know, so severe to the right hand to the right side of the field. Like that, you know, that makes 
a lot of sense. But yeah, like the left side, they're probably not shifting as yeah, you much. Don't, you don't see that shift very often. <laughs> like right. you know, the, the second baseman playing left field, we don't see that every day. Yeah. So that's what I'm kind of like thinking. Maybe meh, we'll see, but there will definitely be some guys that benefit. There's no two ways around that one. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm trying to just kind of stay neutral and not make it completely affect. The, the, the player production, but it's probably not the smartest move because someone will figure out like a Phil so or something. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Any other starters? Uh, like there's Wade Miley, maybe Adrian Hauser gets some run. Uh, anybody else that for fantasy-wise that stands out to you or you want to move to uh, one of the most electric closers in baseball? Nope. The rest of those starters are not going to be on my teams. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this, this man right here, Mr. Devin Williams, I am a tremendous fan of. I got heckled in a way-too-early D.C., that we did in, um, I mean, it was August or September for taking Devin Williams in like round five as my starting reliever. And everybody thought I was an idiot. And I explained my case then. And they still thought I was an idiot. Well, I've had, I've had apologies since then when people <laughs> realized why I did it. And it's glorious to have an airwaves to share that thought with. Um, so what's your thoughts on Devin Williams? Because one of the best relievers, period, in baseball. And now he gets to be the closer for Milwaukee. Yeah, I think he's, um, a, a pretty safe bet to be, you know, to close the games because the, the Brewers bullpen just, it's not as good as it has been in years past. So he's, he's the guy uh, obviously in the super elite pitcher. Um, the one reason I, I haven't drafted him yet is uh, if the Brewers are going to trade Hader in, with a four game lead fair, in the division, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they trade Devin Williams? I understand he's under contract for a couple more years, but it's like, yeah, but if you're out of it, like, I don't know. I think if you're out of it, you should always trade like a, a reliever at their highest value. And um, yeah, if they're going to do it with a four game lead with Hater. Uh, then, you know, why wouldn't they do it with Williams? I guess that's my only, that's my only concern, but yeah, yeah I mean, obviously the, the caper nine, you know, the swinging straight, everything is like, Super elite with this guy outside of the walks. He does walk, uh, you know, a little bit too much. But, you know, when you strike out guys at the rate he does, it's uh, <laughs> the walks don't hurt you as much as, as some other pitchers. So it, it's a great point with Devin Williams. And I've had this discussion with Bloomfield quite a bit that we actually, I'm in a DC with him right now. And I took Ryan Presley instead of Devin Williams. He started texting me going, What the? You took my guy and you had your guy. And I'm like, I said, and especially in a 15 team league. I'm taking the dude that's done like 30 plus saves multiple times on the best team in baseball. That's going to win a hundred games. Mm-hmm. I'll take my chances there. I think Devin Williams is the better pitcher, but when we're talking saves and whatnot, that's where I go around Presley. It's kind of what you're talking about in a roundabout way. Like reliability wise, Devin's awesome, but end of the season, he could definitely be traded. How many games are the Brewers going to win? They could be really good still, or they could really just suck. Like there's, there's a compared to being an Astro type thing. So that's, the, that's the conundrum with Devin Williams. But uh, talent, I will not not deny that at all. If Devin Williams were to get traded, who on the roster are we looking to kind of back up that run with, or is it easy not even around right now? Uh, I think it's got to be Matt Bush. I mean, that's like the only <laughs> look at that bullpen. Like yeah. again, like this bullpen is is not very good, um, in my opinion. It's not definitely not as good as it has been in years past. I mean, you had Hader at, at, in the ninth, you had Williams in the eighth, you had like. Boxberger in the seventh, uh, you know, Boxberger's gone, and so is so is Hater, obviously. So, uh, I think next in line would be Matt Bush, and 
Um, Matt Bush is actually pretty solid. I mean, if you look at his numbers, like, his, you know, K per nine is 11.2. Um, he does give up some home runs a little bit just because he is he's more of a fly ball pitcher. Uh, but, you know, he's, he throws hard and he has kind of like that, uh, you know, the, the closer stuff, I guess, is kind of the way I'd put it. You know, 74 strikeouts in 59 and two-thirds innings last year. So, uh, you know, 3-4-7 area, 102 whip. And, you know, he does have a little bit of uh, closer experience in his, from his days in Texas. So um, I, I would think that he would be next in line. Gotcha. Um, any other prospects to put to, like, I'm not a big prospect prospect guy either. Like you mentioned, um, we talked Garrett Mitchell, we talked Frelick, we talked Joey, like those are the main dudes. But do we maybe see Ethan Small or Jason Alexander back in any fantasy role this year? Or they just kind of be backup starters that you might stream type things. So don't worry about them draft day. Anybody else that you think we might see at some point this year? Yeah, no, nobody for uh, on draft day to take. There would be like guys you pick up, I think. Uh, but, you know, one guy that is a little bit interesting is their number one prospect, Jackson Churio. I don't know if he's going to – I don't know if he's going to be up this year. He's super young. But they did – there was a quote, I think it was from Council, saying that it was a possibility. And I was like, wait a minute, really? <laughs> like, you know, he, he's 18 last year, so he's going to be 19 uh, in in March. And, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. Maybe. I think – I don't know if he's, like, a number two or number three prospect in baseball or something. Another outfielder. My God. Yeah. Um, and, on, and on, like on, fan, on fan graphs, uh, prospect rankings, which, you know, it's not baseball America, but he's fifth according to fan graphs. He's first on the brew crew. So another outfit. So, so the real question then fish is which outfielder gets traded. Um, well, it's not going to be Yelich probably because his contract is just, you know, <laughs> because they got too many young outfielders right now, which usually it's tough to say, but there's a lot of talent right there. Yeah, I mean, if Winker can bounce back and, he, you know, he can be of value, um, I could see him being moved. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I Personally, I don't think we see um, uh, Jackson Churio this year. But, you know, I guess you never know, right? He did yeah, touch we'll, double A last year, so. We'll yeah, we'll see, see because, uh, like, on roster resource now, they have the non-roster invite team marks by him. Like, Frelick and Weimer and Sky Bolt and Monty Harrison all have them. Uh, Jackson does not have one, so. I don't even know if he'll be in minor league. Or, uh, he'll probably be in the minor league camp, not in the big boy camp. So mm-hmm. it's a good thing that good problem to have if you're a Brewers fan, at least. Good problem to have. Um, any final thoughts on your Brew Crew heading to 2023 as we uh, wrap this one up? Yeah, I'm interested to see how they do this year. Uh, you know, I, I liked some of the moves that they made. I didn't like the um, I didn't like the Hunter Renfro trade just because I mean that's such a huge bat to take out of a, a already kind of a poor lineup. Um, but I, I like the top half of the Brewers lineup. I don't really like the bottom half as much unless we can see some of these guys like Sal Frelick come up and, you know, just lengthen the lineup a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, obviously they got the horses up top for starting pitching. They got Devin Williams at the back end. So they should be, that should be able to keep them in games. But, you know, you're going against, uh, like I love what the Cubs did in the offseason. I lost you. I lost your volume. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, not my. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I like what the Cubs did. Um, I like what the Cardinals did. So, uh, you know, it could be a tough division. You know, dealing with with those two teams. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do. 
yeah, it'll be fun. Another fun season, and with the uh, un- or the balanced schedule, it'll be fun to see how the Central gets out of that one as well this season compared to years past. So we will go from there. But uh, before we leave, let everybody know where they can find you and your awesome podcast and everything else going on. Yeah, at Pilot Dial on Twitter, and we got uh, we got two more episodes coming up uh, in the Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast. Two more coming up. Uh, finish up starting pitching, and then we're gonna get into some other some other fun things. So yeah, uh, give us a follow. Check us out. Uh, check out Ryan Vidancio too. Uh, give him a follow at Vend underscore Armbarn. The guy is absolutely incredible with the analytics and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, get check him out. Yep, he's very, very good. As long as you can keep following people today, go do it. Uh, otherwise, watch Twitter burn, which is entertaining to me as well. But uh, yeah, make sure you follow the fish on uh, Twitter. They're at Pile of Dial. I'm on Twitter at BDNTrick. This was your Benched with Bubba Milwaukee Brewers season preview. Catch you guys next time. to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.